0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network.
1: Want to encourage diversity for your planet and your palate? You can branch out beyond bleak retail chain inventories and support local farmers who are growing something different by downloading the Specialty Produce app and exploring our global in app share market, where you can discover unique items or specialty marketplaces near you. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and start exploring. Hello, this is Jessica Waite, and I am with Very Good Food Foundation. We are recording Growing of Food Movement, um, and this will be some very good talk. So today, and I must say, we are at Specialty Produce. Thank you so much for Specialty's um, generosity in having us here in this podcast studio today. Um, we have Nita with Produce Good. She's the co-founder. And I would love to hear from Nita a little bit more about this organization. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> so good. How are you? Great.
0: It's great to be here. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm Nita Kerman-Skillson with Produce Good. Uh, we are a food recovery group in San Diego. I'm one of the co-founders, um, along with Alexandra and Gerilyn White. Um, we have incorporated uh, 2014. Um, and we've been just on a rocket ship ever since.
1: That is so exciting. So what does your business model look like? What do you do?
0: Well, we do a lot of things with very little. We we call ourselves the small but mighty group. We only have uh, four paid employees, but we are able to Uh, recover huge amounts of um, produce all over the county um, that would otherwise go to waste. That involves going to farmers markets, farms, and also residential orchards. So we are able to collect, for example, this last year, um, about 150,000 pounds of produce that would otherwise have gone into the landfill, and we are able to provide meals for Um, those who are food insecure, who would otherwise not get this beautiful and nutritious produce.
1: That's incredible. And there's a word for that. What word do you use when describing what you do?
0: (laughs) We are gleaners. And a lot of people think we're saying cleaners, (laughs) which is not exactly true. Gleaning is an ancient practice that was started long, long ago many centuries ago um it was in the jewish tradition where the farmer would leave the four corners of his field unharvested for the widows and orphans so they could come and pick and um eat and provide you know providing for those who could not provide for themselves and this tradition of gleaning has kind of fallen out of favor and we're trying to bring it back into the 21st century because it's such a natural and beautiful thing and especially because we live in San Diego the place of almost eternal sunshine and so much, you know, incredible growing, growing season of, you know, eight months, we're able to do this um, here almost all year round.
1: That's incredible. It's such an amazing bounty. There's so much good food out there just waiting to be picked and eaten. And
0: (laughs) absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to even fathom it. I mean, sometimes, um, you know, we, we, we tell a lot of people, we, the, the two statistics that we use all the time um, about food waste and about hunger, um, you know, 40% of all food is wasted in the U.S., and one in six people is food insecure. And it's a ridiculous problem. It's absolutely absurd that this is happening with so much surplus and there's so much need. And um, just to give an idea of how much food that actually is, that is filling Petco Park to the brim two times over every day. That's two stadiums filled is how much food we waste. So the idea of trying to recover some of that perfectly good edible things, especially things that are just from the tree or just from the farm, just seems like a natural thing to do.
1: Absolutely. And that's, um, it seems natural, but it also seems like it wasn't being done for a long time. And so it takes the vision and infrastructure provided by people with that strong vision. And I'm curious about you and and how you got into this position where you decided to co-found this incredible company.
0: Well, the beginning is pretty simple. I actually uh, couldn't stand to see the waste. I lived in Carlsbad and walking around my neighborhood, almost everyone has a fruit tree. I mean, in San Diego, I'm, I'm going to say like, you know, every every few houses has a citrus tree, right? I mean, we just have so much citrus here. And it was falling on the ground. And I thought, wow, someone should be doing something about this. But at that time, it was quite a long time ago. It was like 15 years ago. No one seemed to really be interested in it. Um, and I tried to find, you know, somebody who... You know was doing this, and I couldn't at the time, so I just started with friends very very low key um and at the very same time my I had a fourteen year old daughter who was going through a kind of a period of angst about you know the environment she was reading these very big heavy books about um how we were had- ru- are ruining the environment and how it's really hopeless and what we were doing and I couldn't really accept it I mean it was horrible, and a lot of it was true, but it was like I just can't do nothing i can I just can't so I thought, well, I can do one thing. And so the one thing that I started to do was to collect fruit. And so my friends and I would get boxes from the grocery store on a Friday night, load them in the cars, go to each other's houses, pick the fruit, run over to the food bank before it closed on Saturday morning. And um, and that's how it started. That was crop swap. And I did that as a totally grassroots thing for about five years, just completely. Uh, You know, on the side, I was a graphic designer. This was not my main job. (laughs) And um, like I said, it grew, and I think the momentum and people's awareness started to grow. And so when I started to finally, you know, do this on a larger scale, uh, I started to find people, kind of the tribe, the tribe of folks who was interested in sustainability and and this whole problem and process. And then I met my partners in um, 2014, and they were um, instrumental in getting us to nonprofit status. And we then were able to, then we became Produce Good. And then it's just been an incredibly, incredibly steep um, and and quick um, ascent that we've had um, here in San Diego.
1: And what did that trajectory look like? I mean, I I understand the process of getting incorporated can be kind of tedious and, you know, take a little while. But then when you started operating um, as Produce Good and started growing, what did that growth look like?
0: Well, we still, we're very tiny staff, so that's still always been the case. But because well we are our one our mission is basically to reduce hunger and waste while building community and so the community portion of this becomes extremely important because we couldn't do what we do without our volunteers and we just started to get more and more people who were interested and our volunteer base grew from you know when I started it maybe we had fifty people on the list we now have about eight hundred incredible it it is incredible and and then the the you know the parallel for the numbers is that when we got we first met up in 2014, um, I had harvested about 5,000 pounds over the course of the year. This last year, we harvested 140,000 pounds. So it's like, you know, <laughs> the, yeah, the rise amazing. has been steep. And yeah. so we, and we operate, um, we, this year, we will have run 360 events. So almost an event a day. We operate from out of farmers markets, as I said, and then also residential orchards. So our community is very busy our orchard is very very busy
1: that's that's incredible work and i just have to like take a moment to just acknowledge that and say thank you for everything that you're doing because that's beautiful and to think that all of that food was just all of those you know hundreds of thousands of pounds of food were just languishing, you know, just not right. being appreciated or used or valued or given to somebody who really needs them. Um, so when it comes to distribution, um, who is receiving this food? So, um,
0: so Jessica, we work, uh, well, we have two, pro- I'll i I'll, I'll explain our programs now. It'll be mm-hmm. a good time to do that. Um, <laughs> Segway. <laughs> so we have, yes, we have, two, we have two main food recovery programs. One is called Crop Swap, which is the one that I started, you know, m- many moons ago. And that one is we operate every week um, out from residential orchards from December through the end of July, the citrus season. We follow the fruit. And that involves basically we, we work with the food banks. The food banks uh, bring their very large totes in their big trucks. We get the volunteers. We um, We have the growers. We connect everyone together. We come out on a Saturday morning. Our volunteers pick for three hours. They fill the totes, and the food bank takes it back to their distribution center. That is the bulk of um, the produce that we are collecting. The citrus is probably two thirds of what we get because there's just so much of it. Our other program is our market share program, which is um, we operate four farmers markets in San Diego: uh, Hillcrest, Lucadia, Solana Beach, and La Jolla. Every Sunday, four markets every every week of the year, and. That is collecting what the farmers and vendors cannot sell because it's their last day of market. So they're not going to have another one until like Wednesday or Thursday. And a lot of that, as you know, is really great that day. Maybe one more day, but three more days later, they're not going to bring it back because it's just for them not viable. So they're happy to have this option that they can donate this to us at the end of market on Sunday. And that goes immediately to one of our 22 agencies that we partner with. um, And people are eating that that night. So that's pretty exciting. So we operate as the kind of as the food bank in that case. So every market has its own local receivers, and we have our volunteers, and everyone knows where it's going this week, who's going to get it. And we get letters from our, our receivers um, thanking us for bringing them food that they've never had before. So it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty impactful. It's pretty meaningful that people who normally do not have access to this kind of incredible stuff, I mean, really beautiful hydroponic lettuce. I mean, everything is like top notch for them to be able to have that nutrition. And it's made a difference. And there's one of our receiver um, agencies, they operate a, um, they have a class, a diabetes class, and they only use our produce to, you know, teach and distribute because, you know, that's one of the ways that I think that Um, One of the methods to combat diabetes is through diet, especially adult onset. So it's been truly, truly meaningful and satisfying to actually see this end result and be able to know that we're making a really big difference in these people's lives.
1: That's incredible. And I think about that when you said the hydroponic lettuce because when you do, when you eat that, that produce or lettuce, I always think of lettuce because when I get the Sundial Farms some butter lettuce and you can just well, taste the Well, that's so who we lo- get. Is it?
0: Oh, oh God, so I didn't, much we of it. didn't plan this. <laughs> we love Sundial yeah. and they have so many kinds. I mean, we've had to have a little chart actually because we don't even know what they all are, but now uh-huh. we do. But, yeah, it's 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 pristine, beautiful you know, perfect produce. It's just Mm -hmm. that it's too much. Yeah. And that's all it is. And so when people, there's, there's so many components to this because so many people don't really understand and they think that it's something that's being thrown away and it's not that at all. It's just an excess.
1: Yeah. No, that's absolutely incredible. And the idea that somebody who might not have access to that, somebody who's struggling with their diet, a group or, you know, a, a population that, that doesn't get to experience this, you know, I, Purchase sundial for our restaurants and we put it on our plates and and that's beautiful but not everybody can go to that restaurant and and have that dish and to know that they're having another option another opportunity to really taste what that high quality high nutrient dense food tastes like it's just phenomenal and that's that's beautiful um so i think interestingly um I know you partner with um, Oceanside Collaborative Kitchen, right? Yes, kitchen Collaborative. Do. And I remember talking to Valley recently, who's um, a founder, and she was saying something about how it's difficult as a rescue kitchen because there's this perception that it's like – just waste, you know, and, and nobody really wants to eat waste. And she was making a joke about like landfill lasagna or somebody had made a snarky comment. And it's yeah. I'm sure it's so hurtful for anyone who's trying to do real good, especially with products that are these be this beautiful. Right. Do you face challenges um in perception at all with what you're doing or with funding or with any but you know, do you have to do you feel like you have to explain a little bit more?
0: you've hit it on the head, Jessica. So the real big, I, for me, what I see as the biggest challenge for us in the coming years is the educational component of this, to have people aware. A lot of people, first of all, don't even know how much food waste is going on. That's the number one thing. Then they don't know how many people are food insecure. Those are just two huge and and like very crazy facts. But then when we start talking about what we recover— the word waste is really unfortunate and it's it's like it's like really wasted food would be a better descriptor you know because yeah. it's not that it's waste it's just that it's wasted it's it's perfectly good right so we do run across this with people who don't know and the way that we've been able to educate is really kind of one at a time like our volunteers every volunteer that works at a market or or in an orchard And after a few hours and they see what now has been collected, are completely blown away. I mean, completely blown away. I mean, between the four markets, we're collecting almost 2,000 pounds a week. When you see those boxes stacked up of that lettuce and those tomatoes and those, you know, all the cucumber, I mean, everything you can imagine – they are literally dumbstruck. It's just like, I had no idea. And this is also beautiful. I mean, it's, it's really a learning thing. And once you see it, you understand it. But it's really takes some time to actually have people even wrap their minds around it. Because especially the word waste is a very difficult one to overcome.
1: Yeah, no, it really is, and it's it's so hard. I, I tried to focus on that for a talk we gave a while back, and I was like, you know, like let's focus on resources. Let's let's take the right. word waste out of the equation, and let's focus on these beautiful resources. And you just gave me this visual of this, you know, boxes piled high, and all of the people that that could reach and feed, and you know, empower, and and that's. That's really incredible. That's just a lot to think about. I feel like we should just take a moment and let that sink in. But, um, but, but speaking about Oceanside Kitchen Collaborative and some of the other groups, are who are you working with right now? Um, like, I mean, I know you have a lot of people that you distribute to, or groups, organizations that you distribute to. But as far as partnerships, so yes. like really important partnerships in San Diego, I, I feel like there's a lot of. Um, Opportunity for growth in San Diego right now to create synergies between these groups that are doing really well, and and what are your yes. experiences like in that arena?
0: We have had some really wonderful, um, you know, sort of organic, you know, relationships unfold, um, primarily uh, between Kitchens for Good, which. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know yeah, their absolutely. mission and They're what they phenomenal. do. And I'm sure they've been here before. But they do um, you know, culinary training for the what the recently incarcerated and um foster youth that...
1: <laughs> Age Out. Age out, thank you. Age <laughs> out
0: of, of foster care. Um what you may not know is that we provide forty percent of um the of the produce for their low income meals. So we are the we're the connectors. We're the ones that, you know, it's not as sexy as some of the other stuff, but we are basically, we are transporting it from point A to point B. We are making it possible for them, for all of those people to be, you know, training their skills and creating these meals that they're getting it from us. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful collaboration that we've had for um, many years with them and it's continuing to grow because we're continuing to grow and so are they. So that's one of them. And then the other one, which is fairly new, but we've, Really excited is is Oceanside Kitchen Collaborative, as you mentioned. Um, they just got themselves up and running, and we were able to get um, a very large grant from CalRecycle, which is the California sort of air quality control group that you know is in charge of um, of emissions, carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. We got a three hundred thirty thousand dollar grant to awesome. work with. Oceanside Kitchen Collaborative and Urban Core, so it's it's the most amazing collaboration. Um, I'm not sure if it's even been done before. We're administering the program. Urban Core will be doing the fruit, the um, harvesting, the gleaning, and then Oceanside Kitchen Collaborative will be making product from that. So they will be processing. So it's a complete circle. It's a complete circle, and that's. I mean, if you if that's not collaboration, I don't know yeah, what is. So it's pretty awesome. awesome. So that's 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 our kind of our, our superstar collaboration story at the moment. But we that's have incredible. many collaborations. We've done lots of things with um, kind of one offs, but hopefully more to come with other um, innovative uh, entities uh, for profit. But but in any case, they're very interested in sustainability. One is Gelato Love, mm-hmm. um, and we um, have done um, a couple of uh, rounds of. Um, produce well actually we've made a a new name where it's called produce love so we have our own little little combo logo (laughs) Uh but they will be um introducing and um featuring um recovered fruit flavor like of the month awesome from us and then the same thing with like misadventure vodka we as i'm not sure if you've talked to them or do you know them very well you do okay but what they are doing now also i mean they're doing amazing stuff with you know um Covered, you know, pastries and breads, and Absolutely. but we're we're looking to do some collaboration, especially some special edition um, flavors and um, something to do with you know whatever we've got in terms of the you know excess fruit that can be made into something that people can enjoy.
1: I love that. The, um what do they call themselves? Hedonistic sustainability. I know, I, I know. know those they guys. have, and then I mean, they
0: have. They've got some great taglines. I'll have
1: to try to get get that team on here. Oh, I know, you Wip totally from do. way back. Oh my gosh! And, <laughs> no, it's so cool. And that's you know that's. I think that just made me think of two things. One, I mean, I knew it from way back in the day and watching people that we've all grown up so much and we've grown in the direction of mm. sustainability. And I know the S word is just kind of overused and boring, but it really is where, you know, this, this movement toward, um, people who want to give back and do in a way that, that builds community, that builds, um, economic viability. I mean, exactly. business is important and, Um, And then, oh gosh, there's so many things you're just, you're opening up this like Pandora's box of exciting. Well, it's Um, like
0: the community aspect. I think you're hitting on something that's really important. And I did want to mention this because what surprised me almost more than anything, because when I first started this, I was just very upset by the idea of the stuff going to waste. It just was like, I think that's a natural human sort of feeling. It's like, why is this getting wasted? But what's happened while we've created this, this nonprofit and this actual movement really is how I feel about it is the idea of community. The community component has been so, it's just overwhelming because people want to do, people, first of all, people want to help. They want to solve problems. They want to be part of something. And, you know, San Diego's a big, sprawling county, very, very big. You know, people, it's pretty suburban. People are isolated. There's, there's a lot of disconnection from our food and from where it comes from and from people and so what we're doing when we go out into an orchard and you have 20 of your friends or co-workers or whoever out there picking with you you are connecting with your food you're building a community and that's what we want to do we want to have you know rather than just keep taking we want to give back rather than just throwing away we want to recover so that's that's part of what's happening here and it's like a new san diego it's like a new a new vision in, in in my opinion. No,
1: I think I think there's a lot of people who really feel that way. It's, you know, the same topics kind of circle back and every time I sit down with somebody because mm-hmm. I mean, the opportunity of this podcast is to really cover a lot of different kind of components of what's going on in San Diego, the food system and beyond, um, from just people trying to do good work to create uh, synergies between organizations. And and I, I think that one common theme, and you said it, and it's that we just... We don't have to do a ton. we can just do one thing. This could be like this was your thing that you wanted to do. and every one person has this opportunity to do one thing that you know changes their lives and the lives of those around them and the lives of the environment. lives of the environment, but all the little plants and animals and everybody else in in this with us. And and just that idea that we can make a difference and our personal choices are important. And I think that's one theme that is very common. Um, And then also this idea of San Diego being a region that is really evolving in a direction that... um, that is it's special. There's a momentum. and i'm I'm sure people feel that way about their, you know, their camp, their tribe, wherever they are. But I feel like in San Diego, there's a lot of people who really believe that the momentum is important. There's collaboration, there's partnerships, and there's this incredible momentum towards something that is is sustainable, is exciting, is um, you know, we have this opportunity to do really good things. And and that can grow as we collaborate with each other. And and one thing I, you know, I do look at is business because you see um, business as kind of a forum in which we can impact change further when business is, is successful. So looking at your collaborations with Misadventures, Misadventures will, you know, sell the vodka, market the vodka, but at the same time, tell the story. And so when somebody buys that vodka, they're also buying into something to a belief system that you've helped kind of with that storytelling so that's one thing i keep circling back to is this opportunity to have these partnerships with businesses because that really helps spread them well and i think that coming at it
0: as you say through the business aspect is definitely important and also helps sustainability we we work with a lot of corporations they do a lot of team building they actually do a lot of events they all pick together in orchards you know because it's one of those very unusual opportunities to do something like that and we have had tremendous success with them being kind of ambassadors for what we do which is always how I look at it it's like you just have to keep telling people and they will just spread the word because it's just very exciting but what i did want to circle to is um what i have come to realize is that you know the the behavioral change that's necessary may not come well most likely it won't come in my lifetime but it it Is absolutely going to come from the younger generation. Mm -hmm. And working with kids just recently has been an eye-opener. I mean, this probably sounds very trite, but, you know, they are completely open and receptive to ideas like this. And to be able to get them right where they're at um, has been incredible. Incredible. I was with... Um, 90 first graders about a week and a half ago at um, Cardiff Elementary. These were all, they all had gardens. They were um, the garden, it was their garden class, and it's run by Jonathan Cardos. He's an amazing young man who decided that they would donate half of their garden beds, produce, their their harvest to us. Um, and I believe that um, Barry Good Foundation actually um, gave them a grant for School garden, so okay. I just wanted to bring up how amazing the circle has completed itself. So these kids were pulling up their radishes and were all harvesting, you know, all of their little veggies, and and then I said, "Well, okay, guys, what about you? Know, I'm going to take these ten radishes here that you guys grew, and what if I just threw four of them in the trash?" And they were like, "What? No!" And I was like, yeah. "Well, that's how much food gets wasted," and they were like. What, and that was a little light bulb for me because I thought, okay, this is where it all happens. This is where they learn. This is where they'll remember it. And any anything that you're going to bring home, if you do it at this at this point, it's going to make a difference. They're going to remember. They're going to go home and, say, and you know tell their mom. Or we talk about ugly produce, or we don't ever call it that. We call it Mm-mm. cosmetically challenged. <laughs> um, but you know, you go into a store, and why wouldn't you buy that? Well, because why? And so all of those conversations, having it with, you know, a six-year-old is very different than having it with, you know, a Mm 36-year-old. And I think that that is absolutely crucial for this to move in the way that we all want it to and think it's, you know, it should go. So it's just been amazing. We're really working now towards figuring out many more opportunities for us to have um, not only just an educational, you know, um, interaction, presentations, but also maybe setting up a whole curriculum, maybe even a statewide program.
1: That's incredible, and I just wish for a moment that we had video when you started talking about the kids because your face lit oh my up, God. and it was just the most beautiful thing to watch. Because it is, I've had those moments too, when I'm working with a garden program or something, and you see that aha moment, that that light bulb go on, and and that like when you told me that throwing four of those radishes away that made me want to cry, <laughs> yeah, and they were all mad, they were and like, they were, no, what? No, because that's such a powerful image. Well, for them. and it is, yeah.
0: and then when you talk about like, oh, look at this funny looking apple or this funny-looking radish, um, if they had not been gardeners, which also was really amazing because that took them – that was a pride point for them. Yeah. I said, I heard that you guys are all gardeners. They're like, yeah, we are. Uh-huh. And so as soon as they're doing all this stuff, um, I said, well, you know, like if you get this funny-looking radish, you know that it tastes the same, right? And they're like, yeah. But, you know, you look at it, it might be funny on the outside. And that, again, was one of those things where if you weren't connected, you wouldn't ever – maybe make that connection.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Connected to the food, I mean. Completely. I I still, you know, talk to people now and they go to the farm stand and they're like, wow, I notice that I waste less food when I go to the farm stand as opposed to go to the grocery store because you make that connection with, you know, I always use Luke from Cyclops Farms as a great example. Love Luke. We love Love Luke. Luke. Hi, Luke. Um, But, him, you know, we know him. We know his family. We have seen them picking fruits and vegetables. We understand how hard they work and why would we ever throw that away? And like you said, just getting people back out into the – getting people back out into the farm or wherever their food is growing and and connecting them with the food is so exciting. Um, And I love the fact that you're doing that with businesses too because I know that there's so many businesses that are looking for volunteer opportunities.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And you have so many – I mean you have so many volunteer options. Like that's a lot of – I feel like organizations like very good – we we come up against this sometimes. We have more volunteers than we actually have volunteer positions do, for, right. and it sounds like you don't run into that problem as much.
0: No, we don't. And the nice thing about, especially about the um, the crop program, is that you know we are literally going to properties that have between fifty and three hundred trees. I mean, these are gigantic spreads, and these are all private. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, this this agricultural connection in San Diego is quite unusual. I think in the U.S., you have people living on huge um, acreage that have fruit trees. And so what are they going to do with it? They're, they, none of them are commercial farmers. They just let it go. They just moved into this cool place and they're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So they call us, we get the people out there and, you know, the bigger the property, the more volunteers can come. And, and, and truly it's one of those connective, like centering, you pick fruit and you can't, it's, it's not rocket science, but it's definitely something that you have to actually be present for, you know? Yeah. you can't really be on your cell phone and, and no. you're picking fruit, no. you know. So I mean, yeah. it's just one of those things.
1: And why would you want to? That moment when you get out to I mean, I always feel this way when I go to a farm, but anytime you just get out to the point where you can touch soil, you can look at earth and and just it's a magical feeling. It's a really and sensory. I and it smells feeling. so good. I know it That's what so I always good. I wish we had smell vision on our <laughs> yeah, like website. It's Like you could just push a button and like, oh, the fragrance of the
0: lemon blossoms. But yeah, no. it's it's one of those again. Until people go out and do it, it's really hard to explain. But yeah. once they do it, I mean, like like I said, our volunteers are just—they were just clamoring. Like because our our season starts in December and it ends for for the picking mm-hmm. in end of July, and literally they're like, when are, we, "When are we picking again? When is it happening? When are we going?" They you know need that know. that little reboot. Oh yeah. my <laughs> gosh, it was yeah, it's really amazing. So yeah, the community is strong and very much wants to, I think, be part of this change and yeah. be part of this.
1: Gosh, that's exciting! That makes me so happy. Yay. Um <laughs> I always ask; it's funny because I always ask, "What are you most excited about right now?" But I think you told me. <laughs> oh, I, kind of, I kind of already did. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. Well, that's it's just it's fun to see people's face light up, though, because we're all know. so passionate about the work we do. Well, and
0: we do so much with so little um, that <laughs> sometimes we don't even have time to step back and look at it. But this particular that particular day with with those ninety kids was really special for me because I realized. Wow, like right at that very beginning point, that beginning discovery point, oh, it's just wonderful, yeah, growing, growing something, you know, yeah. eating something you, yeah. you you know, it's just wow, it's it doesn't get more simple or more you know like profound really than that.
1: Mm-hmm. No, exactly, that connection. Um, and then one question I really like to ask, just so our audience can understand that this isn't all just, you know, skipping through the pastures and enjoying yourself and eating really good food and connecting with children. What are some of the challenges that you're facing currently?
0: Well, as I said before, the the, the biggest challenge on a on a meta level is basically mm-hmm. the awareness of people yeah. understanding. It takes a lot of our time, a good percentage of our day to, to actually explain what we do and, yeah. and why it's important. So we're, we're running on a very small staff um, with, with a very large vision. Mm-hmm. And we find that um, it's, we don't have a lot of trouble with people giving us or donating things, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of challenge with um, helping to fund our programs and have people run them. Um, and that just continues to be one of our largest challenges. We we have s- such big dreams, such big visions. Mm-hmm. As you can hear, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, are you thinking <laughs> about a statewide program with little characters that are vegetables? But <laughs> but we can't do any of that until we have more people that can mm-hmm. can carry this out. And and to have that, they need to be funded. I mean, we are we do have some sustainability in that we're now working with. Uh, Cities and mm-hmm. we are having um, we're actually contracting out with separate cities to do the work that we're already doing because many of the I'm not sure how if you've covered this in any of your other um, podcasts but the um, the state has brought down some very aggressive um, goals for diversion of um, organics and now the cities don't know what they're going to do mm-hmm. they've never had to do this before and so we've been doing this already for ten years we already know how much we you know we've diverted what a hundred I think a hundred and fifty two Hold on, I do have a statistic here that I want to say. Um, yeah, two hundred and fifty tons we've diverted from the landfill. Amazing, two hundred fifty tons, and yeah. that's like you know four paid people. How many elephants is that? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I wish I could. I should, we should, I find, sh- out how we should find out how many, that many is. elephants. <laughs> but but the point. I mean, we have a lot, lot of numbers, but it's it's so staggering what we've done with with the little that we have. But we can't we can't really do any more until we have some more capacity. Completely. So that's really that's really the. The bottom line of that, we we have excitement, we have ideas, we have vehicles, we have a lot of things, um, a lot of partners, but we can't really do much more than we're doing without more of that kind yeah. of like capacity funding.
1: That's probably the frustration of a lot of groups that are doing a lot of good is mm-hmm. just getting past you know to that next step, and mm-hmm. then you're working with grants. yes yeah, so we've gotten um, state grants, we've gotten
0: um, uh, lots of uh, uh, county grants, mm-hmm. we've gotten grants, uh, private grants, foundational mm-hmm. grants. Um, Lots of donations as well. Uh, we are working now uh, very diligently to get some more very steady partnerships with corporations because that feels like the next step.
1: That does make a lot of sense, especially if you're able to offer that experience to their yes. to their too. Yes, and they do too. pay for it. That's yeah. like a team building experience. That's but, awesome. But we
0: w- we're looking for more like ongoing like sponsorship like year-round year, year round sponsorship.
1: So, so corporate sponsorships and then um, private donations. If someone wants to give to Produce Good. Yes. I always want to say Produce Good. You can say either way. Good. No, no, no. It's, it's actually, kind of
0: it's a play on words. So you can, I like, like you, it. I, I like know. it a lot.
1: Um, so someone if someone wants to give, can they do that through your website?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's on every page. Just okay. You just I go like to producegood.org okay, <laughs> and you can find a way to give to us very, very easily.
1: Mm, good. Make it easy. I like that. So is there anything else? We usually try to keep this to about half an hour um, and I Always say like if if people want more information about you um, and what you're doing, where do they go? Your website is that the best?
0: Our website is great. Um, If people are on social media, we are on all the platforms. Produce Mm -hmm. good. Um, We are very active there as well. I think that that's a a way that a lot of younger people
1: are finding Mm -hmm. us. We found. Um, So yeah,
0: it's it's both of those ways. Probably, you know, um, the internet are. Probably the best way to do it.
1: You're out there. You guys have a great, a great platform. It's very aesthetic too. It's very nice well, to look well, at. Well, fruits and vegetables hungry. are very, they're very, very <laughs> they're photogenic.
0: We, it's a real easy job in that way because it's like, it's amazing. And a, a, one thing I do want to mention, um yes, just, just because um, I always forget about this part. But when people, so we. There are three ways people can help us. One is, of course, through volunteering, and we have plenty of opportunities. So, again, just go to the website. You can sign up. There's a little calendar. shows shows whatever's happening. You can f- figure out what works for you. Second way is if you have trees, if you have, you have fruit trees, which many people do, also you can contact us um, on our website and sign up as a grower. And when people have trees, they do ask questions about liability, and they're very concerned, and understandably, mm-hmm. um, there is a thing called the Good Samaritan Act, mm-hmm. which is a, I, maybe you've covered this, but I want I can never say that. No, I love it. Talk about it. Because most people don't know this, but there's a federal act that does protect any donor who gives food in good faith. So that means if you grow the food, or if you have the food, restaurants, it can be anybody, um, it protects you from, you know, if someone gets injured or sick, you can't be sued. So that, as soon as we give that information out to people, they're much more you know, Amenable to having us come, and we also have our own insurance. Of course, all of our vol- you know we have we have volunteer insurance, and then we also do give a, a donation receipt um, to everyone that donates. So so the growers and the farmers they're getting something at the end of the year, awesome. all the pounds that they've donated, so that it is something. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's something for them to you know at least use for their their own benefit.
1: That's great. That's a win win. Yeah, it's win win win. win 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 for win. the environment, but, win for the people, exactly. win for the businesses. It's everybody everybody wins here. Good. Well, thank you so. Much much for joining us and sure, it was great that was that was really incredible um again today we had Nita with Produ- produce produce <laughs> produce, good. produce good and this is jessica wait we are growing a food movement in san diego thank you so much thank you